Houston. It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. are out. Uh, how are the Bears and how are the Colts looking here? Did they get good draws? Did they get bad ones? I don't know. We'll talk about that. That's coming up here in just a little bit. But right now, let's get started with your need-to-know news. Here's your need-to-know news. All right, we'll start with the White Sox. Bad afternoon for them yesterday. They put up two at the top of the eighth to take the lead, but KC walks it off, or to tie it. KC walked it off at the bottom of the ninth. Clevenger. Six innings, three hits, three earned, two Ks. Ben Intendi, two for four with a run. Vaughn, two for three with an RBI. Luis Robert got back to it uh, after seeing his uh, hit streak snapped. And I was frustrated with him. Uh, two RBIs for him. Uh, back at home tonight. Oh, by the way, four to three is the final on that thing. Uh, back at home tonight, the Sox will host the Astros. This is the return to Jose Abreu. Kopech takes the mound against J.P. France. Houston, a minus 155 favorite. Rain could factor in at times. Wind blowing from third base over to first. At 11 mile per hour crossing wind. Cubs have the day off. They're up in Minnesota tonight. Nine mile per hour wind blowing in from center field. When Drew Smiley takes the mound against uh, one of the top pitchers in Major League Baseball. Sonny Gray has a .72 ERA at home. Could be tough sledding for the old Cubby Bears. Purdue baseball heads south to Bloomington tonight. They're in there for the weekend to take on IU for three games. Purdue last year won two out of three against the Hoosiers. That was up here in West Lafayette. Purdue's last series win in Bloomington was back in May of 2010 when they took out two of three. Boilers continue to be in the thick of things for the Big Ten tournament chase. Two weekends remaining in the conference season. Purdue is in a four-way tie for fifth place right now. Need those W's this weekend. Uh, everybody was enamored with uh, teams' schedule release videos yesterday. I like the. I thought the Bears did good. I did not see the show The Bear, but I am aware of that show and there are some cameos. I get it. It's set in Chicago. Good job. Colts were fine. Nothing special, but nothing terrible. But those NFL schedules released yesterday. Some new things. You may notice the NFL has ditched the week one Monday night doubleheader. Bummer. The NFL is fully embracing the concept, though, of two Monday night games being played at once. This year's schedule has three Mondays with games that will be on at the same time. On two Mondays, they are staggered by an hour. On the final Monday, they'll start at the same time. Also, teams are playing up to two Thursday night games. They're not going to like that. And all eight teams have to endure multiple short weeks, meaning they'll have less time to prepare than usual for opponents. Those clubs are the Pittsburgh Steelers, 
the New York Jets, the Chicago Bears, the New Orleans Saints, the Detroit Lions, the Washington Commanders, the Green Bay Packers, and San Francisco 49ers each have two Thursday night games. That's not all. The NFL has used flex scheduling for years to improve the Sunday night football games. But now they're going to move that here. This year, the NFL will expand with the possibility of uh, moving a Sunday afternoon game to Monday night football. Wow. So you can actually see two games moved in one weekend. One from the night to the afternoon and one from the afternoon or late evening into Monday night. League explained everything to reporters today. Flex scheduling will continue on Sunday nights. And it will now be available for Monday nights as well. From week 12 to week 17, if the game schedule for Monday night football is not looking like something they want to do, the league has the opportunity to move a Sunday afternoon game into Monday night. The league will make a final decision on flexing Monday night games 12 days in advance. And there you go. That is today's Need to Know News. That's just big right there. It was one thing when you did it on the same day. Monday, how much is it going to stink, too, if you travel or you have plans to go to a Monday night football game and you can't? Same same thing with your Sunday. You got those tickets. That's rough. I don't think that's rough. But that is need-to-know news. All right. I can't remember. What did we take? Uh, we hit the over, right? I got I got greedy in my personal play last night on hockey, but we took the over in the uh, second game, the Dallas game, and we hit that. Boom. Back on track. Let's do it again tonight. Our friends over at DraftKings got a super boost to the Lakers and um, uh, Warriors game tonight. LeBron and Steph to combine for 55 points. They came up, I think, three points shy this last time they did it, but it's boosted to plus 100. 50% profit boost for you on an MLB game today. Let's go. Same thing. They got that same game parlay. Add the additional legs, bigger boost. No sweat, same game parlay for the NBA tonight. 33% boost for your same game parlay X. Odd surge on a first goal scorer tonight. Premier League, you ready for the EPL this weekend? 33%. Boost for a same-game parlay. So, I mean, they got you covered from multiple angles here tonight. I don't hate that LeBron and Steph combined for 55 points boosted to 100, uh, plus 100, even money. That's not too bad. I'm looking at a baseball prop tonight. Jenna Haim over at uh, Texas has got a lefty in uh, Waldichuk, and you know that the Oaklands are terrible. Old Kenny Boy here has got a 7.25 ERA, a 1.75 whip. So, yeah, I would like to target a guy that is hitting 556 against lefties this month. Nine at-bats, five hits, four singles, and a double. He's been pretty good. And outside of that, he's been pretty darn good here for some time. He's got himself a 10-game hit streak going on. And uh, half of those have been multi-hit games. And because of that, I'm, I'm looking at the basis for him. 
It's boosted to plus 120, or it's at 120, uh, over one and a half bases. Regina Heim uh, of the Texas Rangers. They got him on one hit, and you don't want to take minus 280-something. Has just one leg. So we're trying to make it worth it. You're wild here. I'll take that on the plus 120. Over on the hockey side tonight, man, Florida and the Maple Leafs, I'm waiting for that other shoe to drop with the Maple Leafs, but Florida, to me, has had too many instances where when they get outside of the state of Florida, it feels like things get optional. But I don't like that. Uh, Toronto fighting for their lives right now. They lost those first three. They won the last one, but 3-1, I, I don't know that I like it. Panthers have also covered the puck line as underdogs for their last seven games. They are an underdog tonight. Minus 165. I would endorse that one right there, although I'm not a big fan of 165. Edmonton and Vegas, the over-under is already up to seven. Holy smokes. Leon Dreisaitl has been absolutely fantastic in this series. But the problem with that is they're, they, they've caught up to that. He's minus 145 anytime goal score tonight. You're better off with McDavid at minus 120 if you want to get into that. Seven goals, too, is an, it's an awful lot. They're certainly capable of doing it. I is, is that going to get to eight? I don't like that getting to eight tonight. I just don't. This is pivotal. This is game five. They're tied up at 2-2. Two, two. And your totals here in the series have been five goals, six goals, six goals, and ten and the opener. So I'm not a big fan of the seven mark there. It's just too high. Under's at minus 135, too, because it's jumped up. I wish it was still sitting at six and a half. That would be a little bit better. Uh, but I, I under on Vegas and Edmonton. I don't know that I want to get into this Toronto game. I'm out on that. Those are the plays tonight. I don't have a soccer EPL play for you because I just it's not my thing. I am going to go ahead and take the Warriors tonight, though, to win. I'm betting that Corgi. We talked about it yesterday. That Corgi video who called the first, what was it, five, five games correctly for the winner in the order. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with that Corgi, by the way. I'm going with the Warriors tonight. Not only that, I think that the NBA has a vested interest in getting this thing extended. That's why Scott Foster is in to officiate uh, uh, the Heat game tonight. The Heat have lost their last 10 games straight up when Scott Foster is officiating. 1-9 against the spread. I think they're trying to extend some series tonight. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, both those games. Let's take the Knicks. Let's take the Warriors. Give me both the dogs. Let's see if we can make some magic happen tonight. All right, uh, hang tight here. We're going to get Sam King, Journal Courier on with us here next. Let's see what we can 
sort out when it comes to this uh, conference realignment. Have we heard anything new? We do know Logan Sport now has left uh, the NCC. They are over at the Hoosier. Uh, we'll talk to him about what that means and, and what that's going to look in the immediate future when it comes to scheduling and stuff. Maybe he has some answers. Maybe we don't. I don't know. But we're going to talk to Sam about that. That's next. This is the Hammer Down Show. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. You can always reach out via the text line at 765-447-4080. But we're going into our phone line right now. We're going to bring in Sam King of the Lafayette Journal and Courier with us. Does a great job of covering um, basically everything that's a sport here in our great community. So uh, we want to talk to him about a lot of stuff going on. Sam, uh, happy Friday to you, buddy. Uh, I want to get started. I know we're getting towards the end of the uh, high school seasons with, uh, you know, conference championships and then sectionals all coming up with stuff. But uh, I want to get started with uh, an, another active week here when it comes to conferences and what these uh, high school teams are going to be doing here. Logan Sports uh, application to join the Hoosier uh, that gets approved. So they are in. Um, there's a, I think there's more questions than there are answers right now. Um, uh, let me start out with the basic one here, because this impacts scheduling here. How, many, how much detail do we have about uh, them joining here? Are they going to be able to jump right in and play a Hoosier schedule that you know of? Does the, you know, like in football, I know they got the crossover. Are they going to rearrange things? Uh, has there been any word about what they're going to do scheduling-wise yet? Uh, I think that Logan Sport will be in the NCC through next year, if I remember right, and then we'll join the Hoosier Conference. But uh, Lewis Cass, which is leaving to go to the Three Rivers Conference, um, from the Hoosiers that opened that slot up, I think is leaving immediately, if I remember right. Yeah. As far as football scheduling goes, I don't think you are held to your, um, you know, playing opponents in the other division having to play those games. Um, you just have to play the, the um, you know, the conference is split, and you play your division, and then there's the, you know, the East and West division, and then at the end, the champs of each division play in that crossover week, and then the second-place finishers in, in the divisions play each other. Um, so that allows you to work with your non-conference schedule a little bit more, um, where you can um, play maybe a more challenging schedule, and then your you know your opponents within your own division. Um, but I think it's going to be a mess because I don't think that all the moving parts are uh, over with yet. Uh, I will not be surprised if the Hoosier Conference changes um, even more so here in the you know the coming weeks and months um, with some teams looking to go elsewhere and whatnot. And then you've got, uh, you know, obviously the North Central Conference, uh, a couple schools that were in that league, um, aside from Logan Sport, that are now just kind of lingering and looking for a place to go. So um, you look at that, and then you look at what's happened, um, you know, down 65 with uh, with the Sagamore Conference. Um, a lot of moving parts and a lot of um, schools that are either growing in enrollment or, um, you know, getting smaller in enrollment, which I think is, a situation that Logansport is probably in right now and why it was seeking to maybe join a conference that was more, um, you know, class 3A size schools, basically. So you think there could still potentially be more changes with the with the Hoosier, um, and uh, that's news there. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, we talk about that crossover, Sam. I mean, there's only if, – if Logansport is going to stay with their NCC schedule – uh, into next year, I mean, that only leaves nine teams in in the Hoosier as of right now. Uh, you would, you know, have a trouble that very last week before sectionals because uh, somebody would be missing a game. Then you're trying to schedule something, and you wouldn't know who would be 
uh, scheduling game would be who's ever in last place, I guess, in, in that other conference. I just uh, this whole thing is, is a mess, and uh, the way you see it, this isn't going to end anytime soon. There, you, you still think there's defections and changes still to come? Yeah, that's uh, what the uh, rumor is right now, and you know, obviously, right now they're just rumors, but those rumors start somewhere, and they, uh, you know, people who are in the know are the ones who are. Um, in some cases, spreading these rumors. So, uh, you know, I take everything with a grain of salt, but uh, a lot of this sounds like it's uh, it could be legitimate. And uh, you're right. That, you know, I've never really liked that crossover game anyway, and I know it's not up to me, but um, it's just, you know, and they do that in, in other sports too uh, to determine a conference champion. And it, uh, it doesn't make the regular season or, the you know, the conference schedule totally meaningless because you have to earn your seed in those things, but... Um, it's, it basically boils it down to one game, and I know that that brings maybe a little bit more excitement to one game, but there's been instances where, uh, you know, a, a team that got slacked by 50 points in football ends up winning the conference championship and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of things to work out, and I'm not in charge of having to work that out. So um, I guess I will just kind of wait and see and uh, go from what happens uh, moving forward. Sam King of the Lafayette Journal Courier here with us on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Do we have any, I mean, have you heard anything? Is there any kind of movement on what could happen with, you know, Harrison and McCutcheon? Because we talk about the Hoosier, Sam, and that's filled with a lot of what, like 2A, 3A. I I know, you know, CC's 1A, but, you know, they kind of, they they play up in 2A here at, at times. Um, Harrison and McCutcheon still kind of remain a little bit of that unicorn because everybody around them is, is much smaller than they are. So that makes the possibility, I would think, of them having to travel more a much higher of a priority. But, you know, with all this movement, maybe something's changed. Have we heard anything about what the, the TSC schools are thinking about in terms of a conference going forward? I have no idea what they're going to do, but um, I think it's long been um, kind of just assumed that those two teams or those two schools were linked and whatever one does, the other does. And I don't necessarily know if that's the case anymore. Um, you want to talk about a lot of travel. Now you look at what the North Central Conference is going to become um, with Lafayette, Jeff, and the other five schools that are going to be in that league as of now. Uh, that's a lot of bus rides um, near and far for uh, for Lafayette, Jeff. Uh, you know, you'll have Kokomo, but then it's going to be Marion, Richmond, Anderson, you know, it's not going to be some short, you know, bus rides on a Tuesday night to go play a, uh, you know, whatever volleyball game or whatever it might be. So um, I think Lafayette Jeff is kind of in a situation now where uh, you, you look at that and say, man, this didn't really benefit us at all uh, to join this conference again back in 2014 or whatever it was. Do And, and I know this is probably hard to prognosticate, but it kind of started with that move from the NCC. If the NCC doesn't make that move, does what we're seeing in the region happen with everybody trying to shuffle around and everything? Like, for example, would Logansport want to go ahead then still and try to go over, you know, to the Hoosier? I guess what I'm asking was that a flashpoint for everything that we're seeing right now in your estimation? Well, I think that regardless of what happened with. Harrison and McCutcheon, uh, Logansport probably would have applied for membership in the Hoosier Conference once uh, Lewis Cass left, um, because I think Logansport just saw that as that makes more sense for, you know, where we are going enrollment-wise and 
things of that nature. So um, I don't think that had any effect. It's kind of odd that, you know, Logansport has a vote and has a say in, in who's allowed to be in the North Central Conference and also was a, you know, a founding member of that conference, which dates back almost 100 years. And then uh, two weeks later is, uh, is looking to pack the bags and go somewhere else. Or I guess it's been a month now, but this is, uh, you know, this was not a secret that Logansport was, uh, you know, sniffing around and trying to uh, get in the Hoosier Conference once Lewis Cass left. So um, it kind of stinks from that standpoint where um, Logansport has been, kind of in, in, I don't know what you would call it, like a buddy system with Harrison and McCutcheon and, you know, all those ADs get along and um, and then Logansport goes and, uh, is, you know, votes against those teams staying in the conference. So um, interesting to say the least. Uh, I wonder how this is going to go with relationships in terms of future scheduling as far as, you know, out-of-conference games where if you want to schedule a, you know, a basketball game out-of-conference against said school and you're like, you know, you, you kind of, screwed us over a little bit, so I don't think we want to work with you anymore. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but, you know, some of those... It's the potential to do that. Oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't... Sam, to be honest with you, I wouldn't blame some athletic directors if that's the way that they felt. I feel bad for the kids uh, from that standpoint, but, you know, um, that's what these guys are paid to do. This is their jobs, uh, and uh, they'll decide what's best, and and uh, that's the way to do it there. Sam King with us, Journal and Courier on the Hammerhead Hotline. All right, so we're coming to the end of the high school seasons here, Sam. Uh, you're out right now. Uh, you're getting ready for Hoosier Conference baseball tonight? That's right. Uh, Central Catholic host Western, I think, for the third year in a row um, in the Hoosier Conference championship. And I think CC is, uh, has beaten Western the last two years, if I remember right. And um, it's been a case where Western's just had this dominant pitching in, in recent years. And these are two historically really good powerhouse program so you know i expect it to be a pretty good game and a pretty good um low scoring pitching battle as well sam when you take a look back at this uh high school year here i know there's still some stories to be written when it comes to you know track and uh, you know some of the spring stuff here golf uh, baseball and softball but um kind of give me one or two of your favorite highlights from this year's high school athletic season and, and things that you'll remember the most oh boy um no, I've got. A, I, I would say number one is uh, is uh, Matthew Klingy winning two state titles in uh, boys swimming um, because he had won last year. He won the 50 freestyle, and it kind of was a surprise, at least to me. Um, you know, and, and people had said, you know, this kid is coming up and he's going to be a, a superstar. And then that happened, and that just you know confidence overload for him going into the off season and then coming back as a, a junior this year uh, and, and winning two state titles. Um, that was a big, big deal. Um, trying to think now off the, the top of my head here, um, because <laughs> part of it just, you know, caught me off guard with this, this question. I think some of that is still to come, um, obviously, but, um, I would say, you know, this is, um, off topic a little bit, but not really the, uh, explosion and, and the number of girls who are, uh, signing up to, to join wrestling teams at their high school. Uh, I think Lafayette Jeff had a, a tournament that had something like 56 schools involved in it for a, a girls wrestling uh, invitational, which is phenomenal. And, and you went in that gym and it was, you know, there were hundreds of girls in there um, who I talked to and, and some of them said, you know, five years ago, this never would have been possible. Nobody would, you, if you said you wanted to wrestle and you were a girl, you know, people would have laughed at you. So, um, and then kind of going off of that, uh, tomorrow we have the boys volleyball sectionals at Harrison with, 
Um, I think Crawfordville, Lafayette Jeff, Harrison, and McCutcheon are competing in that sectional. So those are two sports that are, you know, I think I say call them rising sports or something. And basically, we're going to keep an eye on these. And if we can get enough schools to add those programs, they can become IHSA um, sanctioned sports in the future and be recognized with a, you know, sponsored sectionals, regionals, you know, semi-state, state championships. So uh, that that is a big deal and probably one that uh, has been overlooked, you know, even by myself. So uh, I'd like to see those sports, you know, get sanctioned and, and give more opportunities for kids um, to represent their schools. Just what you need, uh, more more athletics to have to cover here locally. Uh, like you don't have enough to run around and cover uh, as it is. Sam King of the Journal and Courier here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, again, make sure you get your subscriptions to J&C. Sam works so darn hard to try to tell the local stories here in our community, um, and uh, he does a fantastic job of that. It's a great way for you to support him, uh, so uh, make sure you do that. And uh, before you know it, uh, we're going to be talking about what high school football, Sam. We're going to be talking about uh, Purdue football with you. I mean, it's just uh, you, we'll, we'll get like it feels like a month, maybe at best, and then we're back into it, doesn't it? Yeah, well, we'll try to um, try to get through track sectionals next week, and let's go from there. One weekend at a time. Sam King, Journal and Courier. Buddy, you know it's always a pleasure talking with you on a Friday. I know you're a busy, dude, so thank you for peeling off some of your time to uh, talk about all this conference realignment stuff with us in high school athletics, man. Much appreciated. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Take care, Sam. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the NFL schedules are out. The Bears got a little bruised over in my estimation here. Colts, not so bad, but let's talk about the schedule, what it means, and uh, who should be happy and who's got a bone to pick. We're going to talk about that coming up. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. 101- Back on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com with your host, Jared Chesilitis. Big thanks to Sam King, Journal and Curry. Great stuff from him on the conference realignment, what's going on here at the uh, high school level. And says to buckle up, there are more coming. At least he thinks there could be. So we'll see what happens. I wish we had more answers. Still, you know, plenty of questions and things that got to get worked out. But yeah, this is, it's crazy. I'm trying to figure it out. All right. Yesterday, everybody released their little schedule videos. Some were very good. Some were very bad. Um, clearly the big, the, the top two winners were the uh, Tennessee Titans asking, uh, random Nashville people on the street and Broadway who their opponents were by the logos. And while it's funny, at the same time, it's just like, realized Nashville fans were so terrible at being sports fans overall. I feel like it's a little bit of an own. Um, the other big winner was um, the Chargers. They did the anime one again. Went back to that well. They're the winner, not because it's anime. I'm not a big anime guy. I'm not going to judge you if you are. But the amount of little Easter eggs they put in everywhere, and geez, the shade they throw in some of these things is fantastic. Oh, but I got to talking to uh, somebody here at work, and I think I tweeted about this. It blows my mind that you can have San Diego spend, you know, I'm sure that was not cheap to put together. And the amount of time it takes to put in all those little tiny Easter eggs, like like the week two uh, Titans one, and they've got the little Titans tower there, 
and they're working on uh, Henry, like the robot Henry. If you look at the corner, there's like a little jar of mayo and a rotting banana because, you know, the Will Levis thing. Like It's those little touches that they put in there all over the place. That amount of time and everything, and yet you, that time and money, and still, if you look at the views on Twitter between Tennessee's, which is just a couple people out with a lavalier mic asking some semi-drunk bachelorette party people team names, the Tennessee one's outperforming the Chargers one by a lot. Now, everybody's talking about both of them today, which is fine. But, like, I just think it's ridiculous that, like, for the cheap, easy, quick route, you got more views than something that took a lot of time and a lot of effort. It is what it is. Bears, I thought, had a decent one. I like the Bears one more than I did the Colts one. I dig, you know, the the whole the Bear, the, the TV show spinoff or a thing that they did. It was a good job. I don't care about the videos, though. I care about the schedule. So, you know, let's take a look at both the Colts and the Bears' schedule. Who uh, got the better end of this deal? Who got a raw deal? What is good? What is bad? Let's start with your Chicago Bears. Let's start with the bad for the Bears. There are two Thursday night games now that you can play in, and they are one of these several teams that are playing in two of them. Week 5 against the Commanders on the road. And then week 10 at home against Carolina. I do not like that specifically because the players don't care for Thursday night games. They just don't. And on top of that, you are you're getting the extra days to rest up for two conference opponents. But you don't need as much prep time for Detroit and Minnesota. You're familiar, so it's not as hard to do that. I don't like the two Thursday night games. That's where the Bears get kind of bruised over here. Uh, They do get another primetime game on Monday Night Football against Minnesota. That's on the road. So three primetime games, two of them are on the road as of right now. Stinks a little bit. Uh, Your first Two of your first five games are at home. That's another one I don't like for them. You open up with Green Bay at home. Then you're on the road to Tampa. Then you're on the road to the defending champ, KC, at home against Denver, and then out on a Thursday night game against Washington. So that's tough to open it up. But there's a caveat to that here, okay? Three of your last five are at home. That's good down the stretch. And warmer weather teams that play in domes like Arizona and Atlanta and you know, Detroit. I They play in a dome, yes, but they're not exactly afraid of the cold. But having those two bird teams in Soldier Field for Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, you're playing to the strengths of Soldier Field. I like that. You also have a brutal stretch in the middle of the schedule. At the Chargers, at New Orleans, at home for that Thursday against Carolina, and then two road divisional games in Detroit and Minnesota before you hit the bye week at week 13. I like having the bye week a little bit later on. I think you need that. But boy, that is that that's a that's a brutal run of four out of five games on the road there. I don't think the schedules did Chicago any favors 
two of the three primetime games on the road, a stretch of four out of five games on the road in the middle of a season. But I think down the stretch where you come off that bye and you're at home against Detroit, you're at Cleveland, you're at home against Arizona, you're home against Atlanta, and then out at Green Bay, you can finish strong there. You got to get to that point. You got to have yourselves in a position at that point. And boy, I just hope that week eight to week 12 slate doesn't knock you out. A little early for me to go ahead and say a, a, a total on this. I haven't thought too much about it. Let's just wait and see how some of these camp things break first. See who's healthy, who's looking good. We'll go at it then. Wait until the fall. Meanwhile, Indianapolis probably has a few gripes here. There ain't no primetime games. You got your Frankfurt-Germany game at 9.30 in the a.m., November the 12th, a bye week following that, which I'm a little surprised at. I thought the new thinking was you wanted to come right back and keep playing. Right, I had heard that thing where some of these teams were starting to do that because you have the option to take the bye week right after. And the original thinking was teams were like, yeah, no, we want that extra time off to kind of reacclimate, get back into the time zone properly. You know, there's a lot of demands on your time and a lot of travel and all that stuff when you go play these international games. But they're going to go and take that bye week at 11. You start out with Jacksonville. We all know that demon, right? Travel to Houston, travel to Baltimore, and then you're back at home for the Rams and Tennessee. So you're getting all four of your divisional opponents in the first five weeks. And you got a split there, you know? It's uh, two home and uh, two away. For the Colts, you don't have any of those brutal stretches like the uh, like the Bears have, where you're looking at like four or five on the road. It seems like they've got a pretty good split here, where it's like home, away, away, home, home, away, home, home, away. Home, um, you know, international game bye week, and then you come back, you're home, away, away, home, away, and a couple of home games to finish it up. Las Vegas and Houston. At home to finish it off. Three out of four at home to finish it off. That's not too bad. I know you don't get the primetime games you want, but you can get flexed into places if you play well. I mean, that game on the 13th maybe has some legs against Tennessee on the road. Cincinnati will be, you know, good in December. You go out to Las Vegas for New Year's Eve. I don't know if I like that for the Colts. Like there was a, I got to find that stat. But last year they started noticing that teams coming off a road game in Las Vegas, like the record was absolutely abysmal. 
And we're talking New Year's Eve, you know, 1 o'clock game afterwards. Maybe they don't fly back immediately. I don't know. Maybe maybe that was just an... Maybe that was just a quinky dink. I don't know. But, you know, the Colts overall, like I said, you can't do anything about these opponents, both sides. I mean, that's locked in. But the order you play them in, where your road games are versus your home games, where your bye week is, there's no Thursday night games for Indianapolis. You'd be happy about that, especially when there's some teams playing, too. That That's the thing that I can't wrap my head around is now we've got some teams that aren't even playing on Thursdays. Instead, we've got certain teams playing two Thursdays. That's all to give Amazon more ability to sell and that money to keep on coming in. So why I think Colts fans are probably going to gripe. They don't get any Monday night football. They don't get any Sunday night football as of right now. I think you should be happy. Team doesn't have to play Thursday night football this year. Pretty even split with home and aways. You don't really have these tough stretches. Uh, I think of teams where you're like, holy smokes, man. How are we supposed to get through this? I mean, your toughest slate's probably week 13 at Tennessee and at Cincinnati and then at home against Pittsburgh. That's that's the tough one. Maybe the, um, what are you going to do, the first three games? Jacksonville at Houston and at Baltimore? I think you're good here. I think the Colts should be pretty darn happy. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. Things we missed and more next. Uh Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. All right, let's uh, go ahead and wrap it up with some of the things we may have missed. Uh, lost in everything here is uh, with the NFL schedule. Uh, this little tidbit the Seattle Seahawks will travel 30,000 miles this season, the most out of any NFL team for a second year in a row. Well, guess what? You shouldn't be in Seattle then. Boom. There you go. Uh, they've got a lot of road trips here, including uh, long ones down to L.A. they got to go out to Dallas. they got to go out to Cincinnati. They've got to go out to Philadelphia, Detroit, Tennessee. That's not my fault that the rest of the AFC is all the way on the other side of the country. You want to live up that top little corner, Seattle? Go be Kansas City then. You don't have to worry about it. Shout out to Aiden O'Connell, by the way, who signed his deal with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Did not see any terms to that, but he has signed on the dotted line. Uh, we are just uh, extremely happy for that dude. Wish him nothing but success. Um, I we touched on this a little bit with the pettiness of the Chargers social media team and their uh, new schedule release video that had... So many layers to it of pettiness. I'm starting to get concerned about social media teams again here, all right? Pretty out of pocket, talking a lot of smack for people that don't play the game. I know fans do this kind of stuff too, but they're fans. Well, come on now. Some of them look more mean-spirited. Uh, case in point here, Carolina booked a whole bunch of cameos from New Jersey celebrities to put together for uh, after they beat the New Jersey Devils last night and advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, you're the social media team. I get it, but like, you're a little out of pocket here. I, I don't think you realize the levels of pettiness that the Chargers specifically had in their video. For example, when doing one of the weeks in L.A., 
slot machine brings up who your quarterback's going to be. It prints out a ticket that's like minus $75 million. You know, the money they spent on Jimmy G. There's a QR code on that slip. If you scan the QR code, it's going to take you to a webpage to ask you if you're a Chargers fan or if you're a Raiders fan. And if you elect that you're a Raiders fan, and then it sends you to a Google Help page that helps you get a job. Petty. Petty. The Bears were in there. There were a ton of different references. They were a little bit nicer to the non-conference opponents, I think. Or at least the non-divisional opponents. I mean, they did Chiefs Sahalik a little dirty there, but, I mean, he kind of deserved it. Like You go to the Tennessee one, and you see the rotting banana and the, and the mayo for Will Levis in, in the background. Like, there's this little touch. It, it, that's a lot of time. It's a lot of time coming up with some hatred for these teams that you're going to play. And you're not even putting a helmet on. Don't get me wrong, I kind of dig it, but at the same time, I'm just like, y'all on the social media team, right? Y'all on the content team. I think you better be careful here just how much you talk, because you're not the ones that have to cash that check in. <laughs> I think some of these teams, are getting, some of these social media teams get a little out of pocket, man. All right, that's going to do it for the show. Thank you, Sam King, for coming and shedding some light here on the latest happenings, this high school conference realignment stuff. We'll repost Sam's uh, conversations along with the entire show in case you missed it. We got you covered. Uh, you can find it at uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, we'll also put it up on our social media, Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook page, at The Hammer Sports on Twitter. Give us a follow there, and uh, you can go back and take a listen to it. Monday, we're coming back. Let's talk some racing. Stingray Rob is going to join us. Uh, the rookie, the IndyCar rookie, will be on the program with us. That's Monday. Enjoy that Mother's Day weekend. Thanks for listening to The Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017